Welcome to Tomorrow's World. Do you have the feeling that there's something going terribly wrong in the world and wonder where it's all headed? Consider the financial condition of the United States. At the end of 2012, the government had run up over $16 trillion in debt. And that is only the tip of the iceberg. Obligations for Social Security and other entitlements show the debt is multiple times greater. On another continent, Europe is even in worse shape. The hopes and dreams of a united Europe have turned sour, with the euro currency creating havoc for the poorer countries unable to keep up with powerhouse Germany. The dream of a united Europe is not over, but it has certainly hit a speed bump, and it will take something very dramatic to bring it all together. Bible prophecy shows that that will happen. The Arab Spring of 2012 has turned sour as well. The dreams of many Egyptians for true freedom have turned into a nightmare as the Muslim Brotherhood tightens its controlling noose and Christians are being left on the outside. Persecution is on the upswing. And in Syria, tens of thousands have died, with many others crippled and maimed in a civil war with no real winners. Clearly the Middle East is not at peace and no peace is on the horizon, at least not a peace made by man. What does all this mean? Where is our world headed? Can you know? In the introduction of Roderick C. Merritt's booklet, 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return, he writes the following about the current state of our world. We today truly have a rendezvous with destiny. A world-shaking crisis is inexorably building and will, in the near future, explode the appearance of normalcy that still pervades Western civilization at this time. Yes, my friends, we are heading toward a time of terrible trouble, and that can be frightening. But even more frightening is to not see it coming and therefore not be prepared. As we are told in the biblical book of Proverbs, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. The fact that you are watching this program tells me that you may be a prudent person who wants to avoid the punishments of the simple-minded. If I'm correct, you'll stay tuned to hear what the Bible tells us will happen in your very near future. A warm welcome to you from Tomorrow's World, where on today's program I'm going to give you six predictions for our day and show you how they will affect you and your loved ones. 
The source of these predictions is the Bible. In it, one claims to be God, and he challenges us whether we can do what only he can do, and that is know the end from the beginning. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Now it's one thing to make such a boast, another to back it up. So can we trust the one making this claim? The answer is, yes we can. I've given a number of examples in past Tomorrow's World programs demonstrating the Bible's track record for accurately predicting the future. But today we will see how some of these signs of the end of the age are being fulfilled right now, while others will be in our near future. What I'm talking about is what the prophet Amos said to Israel, but the statement applies to our time just ahead. Therefore, thus will I do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. Yes, I'm talking about the time just ahead of us when Jesus Christ will return to this earth. We will see today some of the signs the Bible gives that have to occur before His return. Many people are familiar with the scripture that says, no one will know the day or the hour of Christ's return. But does that mean, as some people believe, that Christ could come tonight, or that He may not come for another thousand years? Not according to the Bible. There are certain events that must occur, and they have not as yet. Therefore Christ is not going to come tonight, tomorrow, this year, next year, or two years from now. It just isn't going to happen, not according to the Bible. On the other hand, is His return a thousand years off in the future? Again, not according to the Bible. Let's take a look at a passage of Scripture that says that no one will know the day and the hour in its context. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also When you see all these things, know that it is near, at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation, in which these certain signs occur, will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. When we look at what the scripture actually says, it in no way implies that Christ can come at just any time. It is true that no one knows the day and the hour, but at the same time Jesus made the point that we can know the general time frame. Just as there are signs that spring is on the way, so there will be specific signs that Christ's return is near, at the doors. When Jesus was dealing with the carnally-minded religious leaders of His day, He chided them on not being able to recognize the signs of the times in which they were living. Notice this in Luke, the twelfth chapter, beginning in verse 54. Then He also said to the multitudes, Whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, A shower is coming. And so it is. 
And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and the earth, but how is it you do not discern this time? In the same way, there will be clear signs indicating this present evil age is coming to an end. But the overwhelming majority of mankind will be caught totally off guard, just as in the days of Noah. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Luke's account of Christ's statement adds the following, For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. We see from this that in spite of clearly foretold signs, the world as a whole will be taken by surprise, just as a small animal is when it carelessly steps into a trap. When the trap comes down around him, it will be unexpected. And that is the way Scripture describes what will happen. Cataclysmic events will come down upon the world, and they'll come down suddenly. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Nevertheless, these events need not come crashing down around you unexpectedly. As the scripture continues, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. To learn more about today's topic, visit www.twcanada.org to read or order your free copy of 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine. Call, write, or visit us online today. Let's look at two signs that are already happening before our very eyes. They are so obvious, but unless we step back to gain a historical perspective, we'll miss them. In the 12th chapter of Daniel in the Old Testament of the Bible, the end of the age is being discussed, and it gives a very succinct description of the world right before the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. How would you, my friends, summarize our world today in one sentence? Here's how the Bible describes our world more than 2,500 years in advance. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. That tells us that the time setting is the time of the end. Now here are the first two signs. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. How remarkable! Has there ever been a time when travel and knowledge have exploded in the way that they have in the last half century? For thousands of years, man traveled about on foot, by wind power, or with the help of animals. But consider our world today. Look at our highways. Consider also the rail, sea, and air traffic. 
On any given day, literally tens of millions of people are transported on subways, trains, and airplanes. You can travel nonstop from Hong Kong to Vancouver in less than 12 hours, from Los Angeles to Sydney in less than 15 hours, and from Johannesburg to London in less than 14 hours. My friends, such things could not have been dreamed of 2,500 years ago, yet we take it all for granted as though it was always this way. When it comes to knowledge, our time is often referred to as the information age or the knowledge age. We speak of the knowledge explosion, knowledge workers, and books are written on the subject such as the age of knowledge. Note this quote referring to the way knowledge has multiplied in recent decades. The late 20th century was a period of major social, economic, and political changes. It was also a time in which there were big changes in knowledge and how people see knowledge and how they use it. This period is now widely known as the beginning of the knowledge age to distinguish it from the industrial age. Has there ever been a time like ours? How better to describe our day than that which is found in the book of Daniel in the reference to the time of the end? Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. People are running to and fro, and knowledge is increasing in an unprecedented manner. These are our first two signs that we are living at the end of the age. Our third sign is great religious deception. At the end of His ministry, Jesus once again visited the city of Jerusalem to keep the Passover with His disciples. That is what He was doing on the night in which He was betrayed. Some call this the Last Supper, but it was in fact the Passover. Prior to this, He visited the temple at Jerusalem. This was a magnificent complex of structures. When you see the pictures of what is commonly called the Wailing Wall, you cannot help but to be impressed with the very large quarried stones that make up the western wall of the Temple Mount. These were not the temple, but were used to square off the hill on which the temple sat. Jesus' disciples had seen the temple on more than one occasion, but they were still awed by its grandeur and beauty. As Jesus was leaving, they spoke to Him about these magnificent buildings on the Temple Mount, and they must have been stunned by His reaction. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see these things? Assuredly I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Thirty-nine years later, Roman armies did exactly as Jesus predicted. They took the city and destroyed the temple and its accompanying buildings. Nothing but the retaining wall that enclosed the flat area on which the temple was built remained. Jesus and His disciples left the temple and walked a short distance to the east where they asked Him two important questions. Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So here we have it. What would be the sign of His return and the end of the age? What follows is a discussion of very specific signs to look for and expect. The first sign that Jesus gave was, Take heed that no one deceives you, 
for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. This is not referring to the few deranged individuals who claim to be Christ and deceive very few. It is telling us that many would come in Jesus' name, meaning by His authority or as His representative, admitting that Jesus is the Christ, but would in the process deceive a great many people. This is something that we see today. How often we hear the words, the Bible says, when it says no such thing. Of course, unless you read the Bible, you won't know what it says and you may end up being one of the many who is deceived. For example, you may have heard someone who claims to represent Jesus Christ say, the law of God has been done away. You don't have to keep it. When I was 17, I was personally told that. And I've heard many, many people since then allege this very thing. But what did the Apostle John say? Now by this we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He who says, I know Him, and does not keep His commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in Him. And when a rich young man came to Jesus asking, What must I do to have eternal life? What was Jesus' reply? Read it for yourself in Matthew, the 19th chapter and verse 17. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Yes, religious deception, specifically Christian deception, is the first sign that Jesus gave. While we have had Christian deception from the beginning, we are to understand from this that a great deception will occur prior to Christ's second coming. And the Apostle Paul gives us insight on this matter in the second letter to the Thessalonians. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away or rebellion comes first, that's the first sign, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing Himself that He is God. To learn more about today's topic, visit www.twcanada.org to read or order your free copy of 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine. Call, write, or visit us online today. My friends, look for a great rebellion against God to occur in the world, accompanied by a powerful, charismatic, professing Christian leader. I know this may sound strange to some of you, but I've only touched the surface on what the Bible says about this subject. Concerning this religious leader, Paul tells us further that, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Great religious deception, specifically in the guise of Christianity, is our third sign. Now what was the next sign that Jesus gave that would signal the end of the age? In Matthew 24, He continues, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. 
See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Our fourth sign then is wars and rumors of wars. But you say, we've always had wars. And that's correct. But Jesus was talking about a dramatic escalation of violence in the world. In the last century, we saw two unprecedented world wars. Never before in man's history had so much of the world been at war with such powerfully destructive weapons. Never before had the world witnessed carnage on such a grand scale. And today's weapons make those of the last world war look puny in comparison. One submarine, one airplane, or one ship can carry more destructive power than all the explosives combined that were used during World War II. Today we see conflict in much of the Middle East and North Africa. Much of the trouble centers on Jerusalem, the exact location the Bible predicts as the focus of end-time prophecy. All this is leading up to a coming war that will be so destructive that if Jesus did not return to stop it, all human life would be extinguished. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, meaning saved alive. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. A whole program would have to be devoted to the subject of end-time warfare as the Bible describes it. And you might be shocked at how accurately the Bible describes our modern weapons. While there have always been wars, our 21st century is not looking good on this front. In addition to people running to and fro, knowledge increasing as never before, religious deception and war, Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 that famine is the fifth sign indicating the end of the age. We know that there have always been famines, so this must be talking about something far greater than localized shortages. And that is exactly what we see on the horizon today. Evan Frazier of Guelph University in Ontario, Canada reports, For six of the last 11 years, the world has consumed more food than it has grown. We do not have any buffer and are running down reserves. Our stocks are very low, and if we have a dry winter and a poor rice harvest, we could see a major food crisis across the board. Lester Brown, one of the world's leading environmentalists and president of the Earth Policy Research Center in Washington, D.C., claims, An unprecedented period of world food security has come to an end. The world has lost its safety cushions and is living from year to year. This is the new politics of food scarcity. We are moving into a new food era, one in which it is every country for itself. My friends, this is far more serious than you might imagine. For most of us, food has not been a problem. We go down to the local market, take money or a debit card out of our pocket, and we purchase pretty much whatever we want. But it is not that way everywhere. Note this sobering statement. 900 million people already go hungry, and 2 billion people are malnourished in spite of the fact that per capita food production continues to increase. Quoting Lester Brown again on the state of world food supplies, we are entering a new era of rising food prices and spreading hunger. 
Food supplies are tightening everywhere, and land is becoming the most sought-after commodity as the world shifts from an age of food abundance to one of scarcity. The situation we are in is not temporary. We are beginning a new chapter. We will see food unrest in many more places. Food scarcity and famine is our fifth sign. The next sign that we read of in Matthew, the 24th chapter, verse 7, is pestilence or disease epidemics. In recent years, mankind has brought upon himself new self-inflicted plagues such as HIV and AIDS. Many millions around the world die from cancers that are the result of pollution and poor lifestyle choices. Diabetes is epidemic and creates a host of problems for those afflicted with it. But even these are not necessarily what Jesus was referring to. Mankind dodged a bullet with SARS. But scientists know that it is not if, but when, a modern pandemic will come. And with our modern transportation systems that can carry plagues around the world in a matter of hours, along with a more densely populated world, biblical predictions of an end-time pandemic are not so unbelievable. Many shall run to and fro. That, my friends, is happening right now. Knowledge shall increase. That, too, is being fulfilled. Great religious deception. There's plenty of that. But look for a great charismatic leader to appear on the scene. Wars and rumors of wars. Expect these to continue and build to a crescendo in the Middle East. Famines and starvation will increase dramatically in the years ahead. And finally, a frightening pandemic is on the horizon. These are some, but not all, of the very specific signs found in the Bible that indicate the end of the age and the return of Jesus Christ to save man from his own insanity. As they occur, I hope you will be among those who can recognize the signs of the times. If you would like to learn more about these end-time events and how they will affect you and your loved ones, as well as how you may prepare yourself, go to our website, which will be shown momentarily. There you will find our informative booklet, 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return. And be sure to come back next week at the same time and station, where we will contrast today's evil world with the good news of tomorrow's world because there really is good news when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ returns to rule and bring peace and harmony to this troubled world. See you next week right here at the same time. Until then, goodbye, friends. To learn more about today's topic, visit www.twcanada.org to read or order your free copy of 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return. It explores the events clearly outlined in the Bible which must take place before the return of Jesus Christ. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895 or by writing to us at Tomorrow's World, PO Box 409, Mississauga, Ontario. L5M0P6. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine. 
revealing God's principles for living an abundant and happy life while providing insight into current and future events. At our website, you can also watch this and many more Tomorrow's World programs. Call, write, or visit us online today. This program is a production of The Living Church of God.